0: This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a 7-figure online business and 8-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business. Because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. Have you ever had a project continue to grow Like, you had an idea of what was going to happen within your team and what was going to happen within a project, and then magically all those good ideas come about when you're right in the middle of producing it, when you're right in the middle of actually in execution, and suddenly, everything starts changing. And you start to go beyond the original expectations of the project, and you as the project manager, which most operators, we are directly related into project management and actually pushing things through. Suddenly, we find ourselves... Our whole plan, our master plan, everything that we put together is just gone. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how frustrating that is, and it's something I really wanted to unpack on this episode, because that's something that we call mission creep, and that's something that directly related to what I experienced in the military and something that's well documented in military history. So if you're just joining me for the first time, I'm Adam Liette from Smooth Operator. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Uh, This is a particularly sore subject (laughs) uh, conversation because it's something I've really experienced. I had to find ways to deal with it because it happened repeatedly and it's not anyone's fault. That's the important thing to to preface this with is that when mission creep happens, it's not the person that's causing its fault. It's actually part of their nature and part of being the creative person that they are, that they're going to see additional opportunities, additional things that can be added to a project, especially in my line of work where uh, I work with course creators, and I'm a course creator myself, I'm in the information uh, environment, and so there's always new ideas that come about, new features we can add, new lessons that you wanna add, bonuses, all that stuff. Um, You're going to have that experience when you're working with creative people in this uh, industry. but it can definitely go into, into other industries of e-commerce and pretty much any other industry. I don't have first-hand operational knowledge of those industries, but I can definitely see possibilities of where that could happen as well. So, in the military, just to give this a firm definition, um, uh, mission creep is a gradual shift in objectives during the course of a military campaign, often resulting in an unplanned long-term enga- uh, commitment. So, just in the past twenty years, I've been involved personally in some mission creep. Uh, Let's—I mean, see Afghanistan, Iraq. I mean, all these wars that just kind of went on forever. It's a prime example of mission creep, where we went in with an objective. Um, If you watch the movie 12 Strong, it's a great story about the original special forces ODAs that went into Afghanistan right after 9-11 and basically decapitated the the Taliban within a couple of months. I mean, it didn't take long, but the mission creep came from what we're going to bring democracy to Afghanistan like that was never going to work. But that's just like one of the most famous examples of mission creep. Um, And like I said, I've personally experienced in this in both the military and. And within business, so in business, it's really what I've seen is uh, people want to change curriculum, add additional features, and it's this when we're doing production, we're actually producing the content. Uh, the most damaging is when new ideas come about, which require us to go back and revise content that's already completed or we've already shipped to the customer. Uh, what this does is it adds increased stress. And workload to the team actually producing uh, the materials. It might feel great for the creative, but what are you doing to your team? I'm all about protecting the team. Uh, You'll hear me say that over and over again. If you protect your team, they will protect you. If you work for your team, they will certainly work for you. So anything we can do to guard against that is gonna really uh, help us out in the long term. Um, The other thing that can happen is that your obligations, both in the near term and especially long term, they, they come into a project where suddenly you're trapped into a recurring workshop or phone call or Q&A session where it doesn't ever seem to go away. And that can often come about during mission creep, during the time you're actually in production. So as the operator, as the person running that project, you need to be firm and guard against this. Guard against mission creep with everything you have. Uh, there will always be ideas and ways to improve something. And that's the nature of working with creative people. They're going to come up with new ideas and new fixes and new wonderful ways of teaching a a subject after they actually teach it. Um, It's one reason that live works so well is because the teacher can be a little bit more flexible. But when you're talking about a static course, one that is meant to be sold and produced in that manner where it is evergreen, you really need to guard against that. There's a time for that, of course, But it's not when you're in the middle of production. Uh, So this is especially true if you're using kind of a drip approach to your content creation or um, if you're in the James Wedmore uh, line of thought. It's called monetize before you make it, where you're actually selling something and then you're producing it week by week as it's released out uh, to the general public. So let's say you had a six-week course. Uh, When you're selling it, week one might be done and that's it, and when week one is being actually consumed by the students. You're busy creating week two and so on and so forth. It's it's a great way to actually produce content, but it comes with a lot of uh, stress and a lot of um, just that recurring time commitments and obligations of the team. And so uh, mission creep during that type of approach, when it is that dripped approach, dude, you cannot allow that to happen uh, because of what it does to the team that's actually in the implementing stage or... Uh, actually doing the final touches on the on the pro- pieces that are going into the project. I'm, imagine if you have to go back to your video editor and redo all the videos. I mean, what that what is that going to do to your time frame? What's that going to do to to uh, the trust that that video editor has that when you ship them something, when you give them a piece of content to put into editing, that is it indeed ready. It is indeed ready. It's not a problem because they're working by hour most of them, but what does it say to them? What, what's the impression that you're giving? The impression that you're giving is that you actually don't know what you're doing. And that, uh, actually the most dangerous part of this is not that, that, that's also important, but the most dangerous part is that that person feels like their time was wasted. They feel like they put all this effort into creating something for you, to finalizing something for you, and it wasn't good enough. And they just wasted their time. We don't want people to have that impression that they wasted their time, even if they're still getting paid to redo it. What are you doing to their near-term and long-term psychology if we're constantly asking for revisions of something that really wasn't anything to do with them? We're actually putting that burden on them, even if we're not saying that, even if we're telling them, hey man, we just made some changes. How are they supposed to feel about their inclusion in the project if they turn around and pull a piece of content out get it ready for you and then we come back two days later with more revisions we need to have projects ready for our team that's helping us produce them and once they're shipped to them there's no changing it okay and understand that be clear about that be firm about that because once you're into production that ship has sailed So you need to make sure that the people that are on the creative side helping to produce a piece of content or a course or whatever it is that you're selling are happy before we move out of the planning phase. So overall, if something wasn't in the plan, we can't change the plan. The plan was decided on, it was approved, and you need to stick to that. It's a slippery slope when you start allowing changes to the plan when the plan is in execution. Um, it will lead to a lot of incongruency te- within the project team and the product itself. If we're making changes two three modules in, how does that reflect on someone that's going through this in a sequential manner? If suddenly they're seeing something in module three that they didn't see in module one. And so we're creating those incongruencies, incongruencies within the actual student. So we get into a little bit of educational psychology and how if we start introducing new concepts halfway through because someone had a good idea, like that's not how we want to do this. We want to think about a program and do a program design and curriculum design in one fell swoop and have it all be kind of nested within each other so we can build upon the material as we go. One important thing that I did learn that will really help you and I encourage you to put into your own work process is to have um, an outlet for the creative team uh, no matter what happens no matter even if it's the perfect course which i don't know is there a perfect course <laughs> even if it's the perfect course the creative team is still going to have good ideas that come about during the process of putting things together, or while they're seeing the students go through the course, while they're actually seeing the the production in its final stage and release to the public. Creative people, by their very nature, they can't help it, and we don't want them to help it, to be honest. We want them to continue leaning to that creative side, to think about ways that we can deliver content in a more effective, more efficient, and better manner. We want to encourage that as the operator. So there's one way you can do that, is to have a place to catalog those good ideas that come about after production is already in place. So when they see something, when they come up with that 3 a.m. idea on something that can be added to the course, they have a place to drop that idea. What I often do is I'll create an Asana form within the project itself, and literally it's called Ideas. And I give, I I Drop the link into the project planning or into the project itself, and it's just a simple one-click for them, where they can click to that form, put in their information, all that, then gets cataloged into Asana. So as we're finishing up a project, as we're doing kind of our AARs, and you know, after the project is released, uh, team reviews. We see those improvements, those different things that were cataloged during that process. We see them there and they're able to then either be discarded or actioned at that point. But we gave that the creative person that outlet of some place to put it. The last thing you want is someone just dropping random ideas into your Slack channel when you're in the middle of production. You don't want that, but the creative person can't help themselves. They have a vision, they see things, and if we're not giving them a place to put it, If we're not giving them a place to take that off of their plate, out of their mind and put it somewhere, they're going to find a place to put it. So I always lean with the idea of give my team, my creative people on the team, the place to put their ideas where they know they will be actioned or at least uh, be cataloged for future use. Um, And and just the stress that alleviates from them and the anxiety is untold. I, I can't even express how much that has really helped our team um, to be able to think of those long-term things that we could improve on a project without putting the impetus on we have to improve on this and we have to improve on it now you don't want to be back in the middle of planning mode when you're in the middle of execution leave those two separate Uh, it would help reduce the strain and the noise that they're feeling so that's just one way of doing it Um, there's really no right or wrong way of doing it whatever works for your team the important thing is just having it be global not expecting creative people to be documenting themselves and do an Evernote file or something like that but you control it you control the process and giving them that outlet will really help in the long run and honestly you're gonna get some good ideas that are gonna help out in the future all right so that was kind of a quick short deep dive into mission creep Uh, like I said overall at the if, if you do nothing else just guard against this Uh, Be clear in your objectives, be clear in the process of how we're putting together content, and make sure that's well communicated throughout to your team. But you are going to sometimes have to be the bad guy uh, that says no to something, and honestly, I don't care if it's the CEO themselves, uh, you need to have that relationship with them where you get a bit of veto power to say, no boss, we ain't going through with that because it wasn't in the plan, and you need to respect my ability to plan and execute as was agreed upon. Uh, That definitely needs to be part of your relationship with the the creative folks, with the CEO itself, with anyone on the team. You are the decision maker as the operator, and they need to respect that. And it's going to lead to some uncomfortable conversations, but just stick to your guns, preface it ahead of time, saying, okay, we're exiting the planning phase, we're moving to execution. There are no changes from here to this. Got it? And so if you lean into that and set that expectation, when you say no, it's going to be a whole lot easier. And you're, you're going to have to just leverage that position, that authority that you have to say no. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, please do give a review at, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're using to listen to this show. And I will see you next time. And hey, just kind of like I said with, with this kind of project, What do operators do? We lead the way. All right, we'll see you next time. Hey, before you bounce out of here, I have a free strategy session available exclusively for my podcast audience. In this 30-minute phone call, we'll unveil the immediate steps you can take to operationalize your business and put you back in the driver's seat. Just go to www.adamliette.com and click Start Here.